What up, peeners? I gotta apologize a little bit for this episode because uh, some of the uh, some of the voice audio is not always the best. I did what I could. I fought it for a long time. <laughs> I cleaned it up as much as I could, and there's gonna be parts where I have to switch to Discord audio and then switch back to the microphone audio. It's just there was static, and it's just more than I could clean up. So dems the breaks, I guess. But y'all gonna have to deal with it if you want to listen to this episode, so... Here we go. Devil's Antlers, Episode 5. Today's program's brought to you by The Deep. Another show from the Time to Die Radio Network. Mothers love the deep because it's fortified with death and gore. The deep has eight player characters. And tentacle monstrosities. going to uh, take something off of the table and drop it. Like, it looks way too uniform. Like, it it seems almost as if Dorothy's imagination is pleased enough with it falling and shattering like it would in real life. Elliot, you see this long hallway with doors on either side, and it seems to extend to infinity. Um... Dr. Greenbank, you would see that as well when Elliot gets near the doorway that you have open. Upon waking, Dr. Greenbank gathered Dart and Ronnie and recounted the mysterious event. So, I don't think this was a dream. This was an experience, right? I have a recurring dream about my husband getting drafted, which, you know, actually happened and it, I probably should talk to someone about that, but this is something that has been happening for a while, except this time it was different. This time, I could read the draft letter, which doesn't happen in dreams. I could sign my name, and Elliot was there. Elliot, however, awakened to find himself handcuffed in the bed. I, I found a huddled mass in the, in the snow, and I went to investigate, and when I came upon it, they were, there, was, there was blood everywhere. Tell me why I shouldn't bring you back to the jail and let the attorneys figure it all out. Um, 
Well, for one, there's the presumption of innocence. Uh, I had no, nothing on me. Um, I, you know, was not well equipped for that kind of situation. Um, I had no motive. Granted his release, so long as he promised not to flee the region. Elliot began walking back to his boarding house when he was spotted and picked up by Dorothy and the boys. Now that I think about it, I, I remember seeing a, a face. I, oh my god, Ronnie. Um, I think it was one of your co-workers. They were over by the bar right before the, the thing happened that, that one night. You're not talking about Robbie. Jay Robertson, from the bar that night, he was one of the late stayers. I, I think that might might have been him. Um, the big guy. I've learned so many names. The big guy, yes. But if you thought those events were strange, well, let's see what else we find in tonight's continuation of The Devil's Antlers. Alright, friends, uh, I think you were waiting in the car as, um, Elliot went inside to go and get changed and get something warmer on, um, for this morning, and so we will open on y'all. What are you, uh, talking about, or are you just waiting for Elliot to return? I'm glad we found him before somebody else did, or, you know, before he got frostbite. (laughs) He definitely had quite a ways to go for just walking in what he had. Also, he seemed to have quite a bit of blood on him. That, you know, did you, did y'all notice the blood? There was more than zero blood, and that's, that's, by the way, um, you know, it kind of seems, and I'm not trying to imply nothing on the guy or nothing, but it kind of seems like, uh, some of this weird stuff just started happening as soon as he came into town. Yeah, I was just thinking that. That's a funny thing. And hasn't he said that, like, he, he, like, researches this, this funny stuff, these guns on, and... Not all the funny stuff happened when he showed up. The bears with the shotguns, that was before. Well, that's true, but that's just bears being bears, you know. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Bears will be bears. (laughs) (laughs) That's a toxic phrase. (laughs) I'm not trying to say he's starting it, because I, honestly, I don't know how he could be, just... Maybe when he's definitely around, you know, we need to be a little bit more on guard. It's, it seems like it's almost... Not that he's starting it, more that it's finding him, you know? Well, some people might be like that, uh... What do you call it? I don't know, it's like the universe has it out against him. Right, or, you know, you go poking your nose in something you shouldn't, and then something comes at you, you know? I play poker with people like that. I'm going to cut you two off uh, right now. First of all, both he and I study weird stuff, but I study paranormal things. 
he studies things that have more, not more proof of existence per se, but more ground gained in the scientific community. Uh, Don't cut us off too quickly. I think he's got a point. You know, I don't know what he's studying. Something about uh, quasi-something. Quantum physics. Yeah, that. I don't know what that is, but maybe he unlocked something. You know, if you tap into something in the universe, maybe it's out to get him. It's trying to silence him. Some sort of karma. You ever heard about karma? The only karma I know about is the Karma Sutra. (laughs) The concept of karma has been around for thousands of years. Oh. Well, I just learned about it. And... Yeah, I learned about it overseas. They got a whole book full of this stuff. I'm not talking about that. But I would like to be talking about that. We can change subject. Maybe we'll touch on that later. You got that book with you out of curiosity? Not on, I think I lent it to one of the one of the guys in the band. They said they needed it. You know, <laughs> I wasn't about to ask questions. Yeah, I'll but ask about it later. All I'm all I'm saying here is maybe we need to be a little extra careful when we're around him because it seems like it's honing in on him. That's what you call that uh, empirical evidence. Yes. We don't need an explanation for how it's happening. You just know that it is happening. Exactly. Uh. I mean, Green Bank, I'm sure you've heard. It's the the one times a happening, two times is a coincidence. And, uh, you know, three times, that's that's something to worry about or whatnot. Maybe it's the two of you together. Hey, maybe it's, uh, the universe doesn't want Frosty to meet Green Bank. They've already met, though. Well, it's trying to shut it down. That's what it seems like. I, I don't know that the universe is trying to protect Elliot's marriage after. Seems like that's already uh, shit-canned itself on its own. Not his marriage. The things they're studying. You got the paranormal with the normal. Right, yeah, that. Put them together and what do you get? Two states of existence that may not be used to cohabitating. Now I'm using fancy words. Point is, it may be like sticking a spider in a jar with a scorpion and shaking it up a bit and then watching him duke it out. How long does it take to put on a pair of duds? Give him a minute. He's had a bit of a rough night. What's he doing in there? Tying his cummerbund? I think at this point, Elliot, you would probably be making your way outside. Yeah. And I'm, like, uh, wiping off my glasses on my shirt and putting them on and then uh, winding my watch and listening to it. And then, uh, yeah, I'll get back to the car. Hey, you Frosty. You're looking as proper as ever. Thank you for waiting for me. Of course. We wouldn't have left you here. That wouldn't be the strangest occurrence that happened today if you did. But I appreciate it all the same. Take you a while to get all the blood off? It took some doing. I got a mixture for blood. Not for blood. I got a mixture for getting blood off of clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, peroxide or seltzer water and lemon? Hmm. He's going to pull out a little notepad and start jotting those down. <laughs> you hang around with the old folks long enough, you learn a thing or two. Listen to your elders, son. We've been through some stuff. So, where are we headed? I'm assuming back to the Four Seasons. Unless you guys have anything you need to do in town. What's at the Four Seasons? I mean, what's in town? Yeah, maybe we should go out into the wilderness or something. That's a good point. Back to the Four Seasons, I'd say, then. 
All right. I could use a drink anyway. I do believe we were looking for a uh, some facilities to examine the glass. A microscope. That's right. I knew we kept you around for a reason. Um, so, we're going to head to the school. And I'm going to ask if they have some science equipment that I can use. Or we can use. Yeah, you would know where it is. So you would just uh, keep driving up 64, which is kind of like the main drag. And um, you would make your way towards the large brick building and, uh, you know, pretty enormous parking lot. And, like, uh, there's some blacktop out there with, like, some basketball hoops and um, a jungle gym and things like that. And um, you go and you pull your vehicle into a parking space and... um, it's a weekday, so you know what I mean. School is uh, school is just probably getting in session right now because it's pretty early in the morning. It's like maybe seven forty-five, and so uh, when you walk in the doors, you would see that there is an office um, off to your right, and then just kind of this enormous hallway with like these stairwells on either side of you, um, either next to the office or next to what you presume is a classroom and it's very just standard um built in like the 1930s or 40s um like school so yeah you can do what you would like to do i would like to talk to some kids all right weirdo you go and uh start (laughs) pestering a few kids and uh like one of them is like gee mister My mom says I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. All right, let's not be strangers. You ever see one of these? I'm going to pull out a cigarette and uh, blow smoke rings. No, 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 (laughs) no, no. That's a cool trick, huh? I got a million of them. Um, You're, like, doing this, and then immediately this this gentleman starts, like, barging out of the office, and he's like, "Uh, Hey, hey, what are you folks doing uh, here? Uh... Are, are these your kids? No, I apologize for my companions. My name is Dr. Dorothy Greenbank. I'm a professor at the University of Wisconsin in Marinette. I was wondering if there was a science department that I could use a microscope and perhaps some other equipment from to, as part of an investigation I'm conducting. This is Elliot Halloway, Dart Vandermeet, and uh, Ronnie Edgar Pinkerton, my associates. You've probably heard of a heard of the Danish dart around here. Not now, hon. Sorry. Yeah, uh, so, you know, here here's the thing. It's, uh, like, the middle of the day, and so, you know, we're not going to go and barge in on the science classes. If you want to come back after school, uh, you know, sometime around uh, 3.30 or something. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't feel too comfortable, you know, letting you and your friends, you know, be in the, in the classroom with them if... Uh, that's all right by you. Oh, that's perfectly understandable. Hey, you teach. Listen, uh, I know she's a woman, but she's actually a real brain. And Halloway over here, he's had his peepers in a microscope of three, believe me. So maybe they could do some good for your kids, like, I don't know, substitute teaching or the like. What if we just take Mouty out and then the two with the actual sciencey things? They might even be able to teach the kids. They know some stuff, right? You guys That's know what I'm stuff, saying. Right? That's what I'm saying. Not Listen you. To- not you. Shut up. <laughs> Elliot is resisting the urge to facepalm right now so hard. <laughs> yeah, n- no. I, I don't believe I'm going to let you, 
you guys go into a classroom. Um, so, like I said, about three thirty. Uh, go ahead, come back, and uh, we'll let you. We'll let you do what you's got to do. Yes, of course. I completely understand. Thank you, sir. And what was your name? My name's uh, Brian Johnston. Brian Johnston. All right. Thank you, Mr. Johnston. And he'll nod at you. And you would know that, I mean, you could just drive the 30 minutes back to Marinette and use microscopes right now if you wanted, because there's no classes going on currently at the university. (laughs) And in 1955, gas was like 15 cents a gallon. She's like, come on, let's go. Please don't give any more children tobacco. (laughs) As they're walking back, I'm going to try and slide off to the side. Hey, kid. The kid is just going to sprint away from you. Thank God. (laughs) All right, so we have a plan B. My investigation's hindered by Tim not wanting to do a kid voice. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of investigation, um, while we were there, uh, Elliot would have been trying uh, trying to discreetly figure out if any of the kids that were there were his. If uh, any of either of them was Hamlet, roll wisdom. All right, and we're supposed to roll under. Yep, that's pass. Oh wait, no, for wisdom that is not a pass. Actually, I was thinking intelligence. Yeah, I failed. You think you saw him in there, like just briefly, but you're pretty sure you saw him. Oh okay. And he would keep all that to himself. Right on. So y'all piling in the car then? Uh-huh. Dragging Ronnie away from the children, yeah. Yep. There's just smoke rings flying behind me. (laughs) 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 Alright, so there's a plan B. I could take you back to Marinette. Doesn't matter to me. I guess I got, you know, nothing else planned for the day, really. I should probably check in with the band at some point, but they're not going to be up for... He checks the clock. Oh, God, hours. It's going to be hours before they're up. I'm going to have to check in with the band, too. If I remember correctly, today is Friday, and so uh, it would be a pretty big night to uh, play as well. I don't think so, because we had... We had just given our last performance of the week. The oh, before. okay. And I think you said that was a Sunday? I think that's right. Okay, so then it would be Monday night. Okay, so you're probably off then. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm i assuming my band is just crashed. Absolutely. It's about a half hour away. What are you trying to find under this microscope anyway? I just want to investigate the glass and see if there's anything that we missed or can't see with the naked eye. It's important at this point to not jump to any conclusions. If we were to start guessing now, we would probably pollute what thought we could come up with uh, when we actually find any evidence of anything. Exactly. All right, I will fast forward you guys um, to driving down University Drive and turning into the University parking lot and 
You probably would have uh, uh, keys to the majority of doors in this building. Uh, I don't think that they're super stingy on who gets like a master key or anything like that. And so um, you would know exactly where the science department is. You make your way to... There aren't a ton of classrooms here on this campus I, anyway. And so realistically, like you have this one long corridor that has like eight classrooms on the first uh, floor and then there's another eight up on the second floor and then there is like a theater um, across the parking lot and I mean other than that that's pretty much the University of Marinette so you would unlock the door to the science lab and turn on the lights and there's just a bunch of countertops with uh, microscopes that are covered with uh, like this plasticky sort of uh, like bake light covers you know what i mean like almost like bread covers basically um fully enclosing them like a gashapon hey, hey, hey fancy digs i love the echo in here okay so this is all very expensive science equipment please don't touch anything you're not absolutely positive on how to use dart cautiously makes his way over to a chair and sits down <laughs> there you go <laughs> I'm going to leave y'all to that, because I'm not going to be much of a help unless you need, like, a confirmation set of eyes, maybe. Uh, so y'all, y'all just have fun there. And I just start lighting up a cigarette. Please don't smoke in here. But, uh, but I know how to operate this. It's fine. <laughs> I had express instructions from a doctor. It's fine. Somewhere beyond the sea you know you should uh see if you can book a gig in here i love the acoustics uh college venues are okay if you're starting out but not really in this department so um being fairly familiar with labs um i would have started to you know gather the equipment that we needed um and uh also i would start to go through the bag and um, try to carefully pick out some of the largest pieces. Well, if you remember, they're very uniform. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're pretty well, like, similar sizes. Like, it's a horse apiece, what you pick out, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, I'll uh, take one of those over to... Uh, Dr. Greenbeck, who probably has by now one of the, um, one of the microscopes. Perfect. Thank you, hon. And Dr. Greenbank, in the, uh, cabinet sort of under these tables where the microscopes are situated, there are also, um, a number of other pieces of equipment, and then there is a sink on one side of the, uh, counter, and also, um, a gas hookup for a Bunsen burner that is down in that cabinet should you need it. So she is probably gonna just start with putting on like a pair of gloves and taking a piece and just looking at it under the microscope. Just very basic investigation of it. And then kind of build up from there. The first thing that you would notice um, looking at this, this piece of, this small shard of glass is that there are pressure cracks going throughout even this this shard. 
Like they don't go completely through it, but it is, it is as though an intense force hit, um, hit this glass kind of all at once. Um, you would imagine like this is, this is very structurally unsound, even in the very broken stages. Note that down. She's going to say this was hit all at once. This is cracked even inside of the shattered pieces themselves. Hmm. I was afraid that might be the case. Elliot, roll intelligence. Uh, pass. Just barely, but pass. You would recall that when you dropped the plate in the dream, it broke uniformly as well. When we had that shared and I kind of motion like uh, exchange sort of thing um, when I dropped the plate it did the same thing she kind of sits back and she goes do you think that based on that could this be something from a place of consciousness like that that has crossed over into the waking world we're getting out of my realm of uh, expertise here. Uh, My first thought was maybe it was um, my subconscious trying to uh, tell me something ahead of time, something that I noticed in the moment with the glass, but hadn't come to the forefront of my mind until in that, that dream state. That is also very plausible. I'm still, we haven't talked about it very much. There was still a very confusing thing that happened. It was, right? That was so messed up. And and with the more time that goes by, the more I start to have doubts that it actually happened. I mean, you're confirming it now, which is good. But uh, it doesn't feel tangible anymore. Anyways, I've got an idea, and I um, I have put gloves on by this point, but I, I scoop up quite a bit of that glass and uh, get the stuff for the burner out. And um, as I'm preparing it, um, grabbing some uh, some some beakers and then like some of the chemicals out of the cabinet, I actually saw this in a detective film, maybe two years ago. And um, he you know put some chemicals in there with the um, glass and, and lights it up. It's basically to see if there's any fingerprints on the glass. Uh, no, there are not. And uh, as I continue to explain, like, um, as I told you before, I saw hands go up the glass right in in front of me, handprints. So if there's any sort of um, residue left over, this should reveal it. But, uh... (sighs) There doesn't seem to be anything there. It was worth a shot. You know, I never pegged you as one who would sit in front of the silver screen. Why is that? I don't know. Seemed like you might think it was a waste of time. Some movies, quite possibly so, but there are some great films out there. Well, you learned something, so there's that. Plus, everyone needs a way to, you know, unwind, right? Like, I figured the smartest people always need a way to shut their brain off. Most people would think that I need a way to shut my mouth off. (laughs) So what's the next step in this plan? 
Do you get anything from uh, from looking at the glass at least? Except for the fact that this glass is unstable, even aside from it being shattered. Like, come here. And she'll call them over to, like, look in the lens of the microscope. You see all those little tiny cracks running through it? Not me. No thanks. Last time I tried a peep show, I pulled back and I had two black rings around my eyes from where some pranksters put ink on the eye holes. They had me walking around looking like a jerk with spectacles. All right, hun. Yeah, the... What about it, though? Doesn't that just mean that it was, you know, broken? Like, the, even the broken pieces of glass are broken? Yes, but it means that it was shattered all at once with a tremendous amount of force. Um, are you sure it couldn't have, like, broken and then fallen, and then when it, when it fell, it broke more? Yes, it's way too uniform to be falling damage. Okay, okay. Just, you know, because, like, I don't know. Just trying to throw out ideas, I guess. Eliminate practical reasons first. So, you got any idea what might cause this? What about the cold? You know, there's this thing I learned at the bar. I was dabbling in cocktails trying to come up with this sort of hot-cold drink mixture. What I found out is if you have a glass that's too hot and you pour in a cold drink... Sometimes the bottom falls off the glass. It's the funniest thing. Alright, so do the two of you have any idea why this might have happened then? There's still a couple more tests we could probably do. Um, Weren't you saying that you had a Geiger counter here? Yeah, somewhere. I think we should look for it. Um, There is one on campus. Um... And I think that you would have to go into the actual, um, like, supply closet that's um, connected to this science room, which has another door and another lock on it. And you would go in and there would be this box that is rather large and has this wand on it that you go and, you know, you plug it in and it takes a second to sort of wind up and... Immediately, you start to hear the uh, distinctive clicks of um, of it uh, detecting radiation, and it actually is clicking quite a bit just powering it on. Like, who is nearby the um, the Geiger counter besides you, uh, Doctor Greenbank? I'd be right there too. Oh, it's going crazy then. Elliot, is there something you need to tell us? Well, uh, you are also carrying the glass, if uh, you recall. Um, Yeah, as soon as it starts doing that, I'm going to put down the glass that I had in my hand and slowly start to walk away and then, like, kind of (laughs) take a hand out to to, uh, Ronnie and Dart and kind of start to move them away, too. I purposefully avoid his hand that was touching the glass. Uh, and back up like a little bit further away probably keeping like five feet between me and him Dr. Greenbank looking at the readings you would estimate that like keeping this on your person for an extended period of time would be very bad Um, it's not like it's you know not like the elephant's foot at Chernobyl or anything like that it's not so radioactive that it's going to immediately give you all radiation sickness or anything like that. You would already be knowing the effects um, if that was the case. 
but it's just, you know, going quite a bit, uh, clicking way more than it would just static, you know, radiation that uh, exists in regular everyday life. We need to dispose of this stuff um, very quickly and uh, preferably safely. And so um, we probably need to get a lead container, at least something lead-lined. Don't know if we have that here. You're kind of thinking. I mean, it's the '50s. There's probably a lot of stuff that's lead-lined. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah, there, there actually probably would be a refrigerator in the staff uh, room that would be lined in lead, actually. <laughs> or any of the paint. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that's not a bad idea. Just go and grab a bucket of paint and pour it all in. <laughs> be done with it. Well, I'm thinking about how. Like how sodium is stored in oil so that it doesn't react with the oxygen in the air? Yes, I, I think you're onto something. There would be a supply closet that uh, your friend the janitor, you know, would regularly use, and you've probably, you know, had conversations and stuff with him outside of it. And I think you would recall that there are buckets of touch up paint in the janitor supply closet for sure. Oh, sorry, Ted, I'm going to have to buy you some new paint. All right. <laughs> She doesn't say a word to anybody. She just gets up and leaves to go get a bucket of paint. I clap Ronnie on the shoulder and say, Oh, you see that? I even caught something the brains did. I would probably be following her. Um, yeah, Dr. Greenbank, you go down the hallway, you know, maybe like 75 feet. You open up the door, you grab a bucket of paint, and you rush back. So I think, Ronnie, like, you would go out, and like by the time you got halfway down the hallway, you would see Dr. Greenbank is heading back towards you. All right. So there goes our only piece of evidence, huh? Not necessarily. Wrap it in a bag or something first. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. okay. Yeah, and then you plunge it into this uh, paint container, and the paint uh, rises up near the near the top now at this point, and uh, you close back up the container, and you hammer down on the top of it, and it seems contained in this... The Geiger counter is no longer going nuts. There we go. Well done, Dart. Well, one problem solved. And uh, more mysteries found. So we have an incredibly kinetic force that left a radioactive signature to it. Let's go to my office. Okay, so you take the time to clean everything up and put everything away in the in the science room and you lock up the door, turn off the lights, and you make your way down the hallway and Dr. Greenbank, the first thing that you would notice is that the um, door is slightly ajar. And you definitely locked it up when you left. That's very funny. I didn't leave it like this. What are you thinking? Hmm. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is maybe someone... Might one just... of your colleagues have needed something? I doubt it. I'm really the only... I don't think somebody got upset about you poking around, huh? I doubt it. I'm really maybe the Maybe the janitor's person. just, like, cleaning in there or something. <laughs> Can I say just one thing? One specific thing? All right, but that's the one thing that you're allowed to say, so. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is if someone went in to get a book or something. But even so, that's strange. I'm going to go in and see what it is. Oh, hold on. Just just give me a second there. I'm going to poke my head in and have my hand on my piece. It is 
very uh, disorganized. Like it looks as though, as though somebody tossed the room. You know, like all of the drawers are on the floor. Like everything has been taken out. All of the books have been taken off of the shelves, and they're strewn about. You know, most of them face down with their like uh, open bindings. Like it is an absolute mess. Uh, hey, your green bank. Yes. What do you guys thought in here that anybody might want to take a peek at? Uh, this place been ransacked. What? I'll, uh, if I th- assume the coast is clear, I'll swing the door open for her. Oh my god. When you flip on the light, it's even worse. I'm gonna go to the door itself and look to see if it was forced. Um, yes, it's definitely been forced. The, uh, the, the door is broken, as is the, um, latch that it would go into. Oh my god. Alright. Now we got a real crime scene. What were they looking for? I don't, I don't know. If it's in this state, I don't know if they'd be able to tell anything is missing even. All it is is essays and student papers and my own research. My own research. You think we should maybe, like, call the police? No, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, well... Or campus security, maybe. Okay. Well, I don't know how to call them, so... No, I don't think that's a good idea. Here's the way. I've seen enough cop shows to know how this works. We're gonna get locked out of here. If the G-men come, they're gonna ribbon this place off and call it a crime scene. If we're gonna find anything ourselves, we gotta do it now. You make a good point. You do make a good point. Check and see if your research is still here. What are we looking for? Folders, files, journals? Uh, folders, um, just make sure that one, there's, there's a drawer with a box in it labeled student records, just, that's all private stuff. That's my student's contact information, so don't look, just make sure the box didn't get opened. I'll go directly to that. Everybody keep your winter mitts on. No leaving piggy smudges behind, you get me? Um... I still have my gloves on. She'll walk over. Like, are all of her, like, photos and stuff still here? Um, so that is, uh, one of the weirder things is a lot of your stuff on your big conspiracy board has been taken. My board? Is the student information still in the, um, in file? It's strewn about. The student information is strewn about, but, uh, there seems to be a lot of contact sheets, like... It looks to be like a lot of your uh, student files are still here, so... Okay. I'll try to collect them. You know what I think? Not a whole lot. I find this very comforting. Comforting? Yeah. I'm not happy that we might be aching for a break from someone who might want to put the kibosh on our career's gumshoes. But what this does mean is that we're on the heels of something hot. And we're likely dealing with regular Joes, so we can rule out the supernatural, right? Well, what do you mean by we? Because Elliot's place was fine, right? And then my place sure didn't get broken into or nothing. Not yet. the Four Seasons. And your house hadn't gotten broken into except by, well, you know, Dr. Greenbank and I. They better not touch my farmhouse. Your door was unlocked. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Somebody thought we were digging too deep and getting too close to the truth. That means this is in human hands and we don't gotta worry so much about spooks. I hope. 
that still doesn't explain the radiation. Hmm. That's an interesting point. I don't know much about radiation, but here's another thing. Maybe we're not the only investigators in town. Somebody's trying to beat us to the punch. Take all the credit. You guys publish papers and things, right? I mean, this could be the big time for you. My husband and I uh, published a textbook and I published, I've published articles and things. I've been cited on several academic papers, uh, never as the lead, but as, you know, contributing researcher. I've had quite a few of my own musical, you know, <laughs> arrangements made. For what it's worth, and I don't seem to have been targeted, so, like, I think I got a little bit more fame than the others, but that's fine. Once you have uh, finished kind of searching the room and trying to figure out um, what's missing and what is still there. What would y'all like to do? I'd like to look at the door. Does it just look like blunt force? Like someone just shouldered it in or kicked it in or... Um... So, upon investigation, it looks like it's charred a little bit. Like, there's just a little bit of scorch mark um, like, a like, fire. You got any comrades who are also searching this, researching this stuff? What about your husband? No, Alfred was a doctor. A, a medical doctor. If there's somebody else in town that's looking into this stuff, maybe they got hit too. That's one of the reasons I've been near blacklisted by the scientific community is because they think that my work has no basis in fact. Oh yeah, you think they did this? Maybe you were getting onto something and they wanted to shut you down because they don't believe it. Maybe they're afraid you'd spook the public. Oh, I'd spook the public. Sure. A lot of superstitious people out there. Can Dorothy go back and get the gyre counter and carry it over like into the hallway and check the door? Uh, yeah, you would have to like plug it in in your office and it's a little bit unwieldy, but uh, there is radiation coming from the door like mostly just in the lock and latch area is it around where the scorch is uh it would be less than the glass it's less radiation than the glass but it is mostly on the scorch area there's a lot fewer geigers over here (laughs) you know you're right and it tells us something i just don't know what that is yet Exactly, and this door was also much smaller than that window. I don't know of any... I don't know of anything paranormal that uses radiation. So what exactly did we lose? Are we in big trouble now? Is our investigation shot? Not necessarily, just most of my... Is it like the articles about the girls and stuff like that? That was gone? Absolutely. It's the, it was the articles about the two missing girls. Everything that led me to Pembine. The ones from the newspaper? Yes. I got a bit of a question that you might be able to not answer, I guess. Um, like, if it had to use you know, radiation or whatever to break into your office, okay, but, like, it could have just walked into the Four Seasons and said it was there for the show or whatever. Why did it bother breaking all that glass for no reason when it 
it could have gotten in any other way. Like if it was using like a small explosive or whatever to get in your in your office, okay. Seems overkill to me, but you know what I'm saying? Maybe it's got an ugly mug. That's true. If a creature can't disguise its appearance or something can't disguise its appearance, it's much less likely to show up in a public place. Hey, Green Bank, I don't mean to sound forward, but you think you should be alone? Maybe you should have somebody stand in guard. So Pat Toomey is the uh, security um, person here at UW, and it's still early enough in the day that he would probably be here. Um, he also doubles as sort of like a groundskeeper and kind of helps out with uh, Ted and some of the janitorial duties as well. Um, for the most part, he's just there for when students get either drunk or unruly and removes them. That's the majority of his job. Um, and so, yeah, he would be down um, on the other end of the building. Um, his office is near where the dean and... Um, like the guidance counselors and all of those offices and things like that. Okay, so I think that we should stop by the security office on our way out and ask them to keep an eye on my office. I'd also like... Hmm, I'd like to move what's left of my conspiracy board out of here. Sure, we could take care of that. Yeah, I can lend a hand. Yeah, we'll just put that in my car. Okay, yeah. Y'all can start gathering that up then um do you and dart want to make your way to um pat's office then yes and she'll also take like um like she has probably a photograph of her and alfred and one of her daughter mary Catherine's baby pictures and stuff like that she'll take that too because she does not want that getting stolen gotcha um so one of the things that you would know is the building is locked because students aren't coming until break is over and you had to you had to open up a door in order to get inside of the building you went through one of the side doors however as you're making your way down the hallway towards where the main entrance is and where the office is and all that stuff it's getting progressively colder and you can actually hear um the wind sort of howling and you would intuitively guess that Maybe the front doors are wide open, but that's odd because they're big, heavy doors. And you know what I mean? Like normally they close um, because they have a spring-loaded door closer on the top of them as well. And so like, it's just kind of weird. And so as you're making your way closer to the area, you immediately can see that these large wooden doors are laying down um, kind of like kittywampus from each other, like they've been just knocked off of their hinges. And you would also notice that the glass around the office is also cracked, but not like completely shattered. And uh, the door is is just kind of open. It's not uh, shattered or anything like that. What would you guys like to do? Like, into, like, the administrative office is mm-hmm. open? So the the main doors are shattered open, and then the main office door is also wide open right now, but it is not shattered off its hinges like the main um, entrance is. Are the main doors shattered in, like, into they the are. building? Or yes, they're they shattered, are shattered into the building, correct. 
Dorothy is going to go into the administrative, the like office, and look for faculty records. You would see that uh, the offices are tossed, and you actually hear this sort of like thumping noise in one of the rooms uh, off to your left. It's this loud, just sort of like meaty, sort of like thwack, thwack, just over and over again. And then after about four of them, you just hear this loud sort of, again, very meaty thunk. Dart Dart, uh, puts a hand up for, like towards Dr. Greenbank and mouths, uh, you know, uh, stay here and pulls a switchblade out of his pocket and starts creeping his way towards the, uh, the thunking noise. Uh, Dorothy takes a switchblade out of her handbag. You crouch down and you start making your way over to the door and you push it open and it creaks loudly as you do so and you look across and you see that there's this desk and also a pair of legs that are sticking out behind it. You assume that there is a torso attached to it, but you can't see it. It's obscured by the desk and up above, maybe head level, there is this large red stain and you can see that there are these pieces of hair that are embedded in in the wall where this stain is, and there is this large divot that appears to have been created where this this stain is. And as you creep forward, you see that there is this man dressed in this blue jumpsuit. He's got um, a bunch of keys, and his face is just utterly destroyed. His his chest is kind of very shallowly moving up and down, but it's ragged, and and you don't know how much longer this, this gentleman has. Dart's breath catches in his chest a little bit. I'd like to peek into the room a little further and see if there's anything else there. Uh, the room has been tossed as well, but I mean, other than that, no, it just... There's the body on the floor, and the desk that, again, all of the drawers have been taken out and everything has been, you know, tossed about the room and things like that. And then, like I said, the divot um, in the wall. Then, yeah, he's gonna uh, run over to the man and kind of subconsciously let out a fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. What's in there? Uh, don't, don't come in. Call an ambulance. Hey, bud. Talk to me. Can you hear me? Hey, bud, you still there? You get absolutely no response from him. Like I said, his chest is moving up and down very ragged, but there is little to no response. His his face looks like he has been repeatedly bludgeoned. I mean, it is a mess. Dart's face just goes white and he goes, oh, fuck, okay. Um, I, I'm just looking for wounds on his body and trying to apply pressure because that's all Dark can think to do. The only wounds on his body are on his head. And you think for a second and it occurs to you that 
just maybe two minutes ago when you were entering into this room, he must have still been standing. Like, you heard noises in this room and there's nobody else in here. None of the windows are broken or open or anything like that. And so if there was somebody else in here with him, they would have to still be in this room and there's no place for them to hide. Yeah, I think I think Dart kind of stands up shakily and makes his way to the doorway and just tries to plant himself in it so that if anyone's getting out, they're going through him. Okay. Dr. Greenbank, you would uh, have finished calling emergency services and you would have been told that an ambulance is on the way. Okay. An ambulance is on the way. Dorothy's gonna walk over and like sit, like sit next to him and hold his hand and just like try to keep an eye on his breathing and just, no, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. You keep breathing. I mean, it's, it's getting more and more shallow and we will cut to Ronnie and Elliot. You have finished gathering up everything that you can find that seems to be related to anything Dr. Greenbank told you would be necessary. Um, what would y'all like to do? Well, I guess that's the last of it. Uh, yeah, um, I'd say we just uh, turn this pegboard over and just put everything on top. That way we can do it in one, one trip. Sounds good to me. Except for this. Looks a little fragile. I'll just come back for that later. I'll just stick it in the middle here. It'll be fine. Probably. Yeah, just be careful. Sure. This isn't... This isn't rocket science. <laughs> Haven't started drinking yet. Though if I had, maybe it would calm my nerves. You really think that it was something supernatural to touch this place? I am not jumping to any conclusions. Um, I Honestly, I, I still am, am not on the supernatural side of things. Um, I'm sure there's value to Dr. Greenbank's work, but um, things will just have to remain to be seen. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, we're probably going to have to take all this stuff off. Um, we might have to do this in the hallway. I don't know if this is going to fit through the door. Yeah, the pegboard definitely will not fit through the door. <laughs> all right. Okay, uh, let's just um, balance this end on the on the desk and then slowly remove the stuff here. There we go. So you think uh, all this stuff is connected to those murders or whatever? The disappearances of those girls? Or... Is this separate from the glass and, uh, you know, everything going on? I mean, it's definitely hard not to draw that conclusion from from what we've seen. You think that everything is connected? Maybe not, but I believe that that's probably the most likely scenario, given what we know. What about your dream time with the, uh, the Doctor? Is that explainable through your quantum knowledge? Not... Not exactly, but it's not exactly prohibited by it either. I'm carrying the empty board now out into the hallway, and then I'm going to start moving pieces one by one. Yeah, same here. So I think that as you guys are doing that, um, I think both of you would notice, because, you know, you set this pegboard down on the ground, and you start stacking things on it, and there is some blood near the door um 
Like, it's not a ton, but a small amount of blood. It's it's dried at this point. Um, not completely, like it's a little bit coagulated, but it's tacky to the touch if you were to try and inspect it like that. Um, but it's, uh, like I said, right next to the door. Hey, Frosty. Uh, yeah. Take a gander at this. Um, is that what I think it is? Sure looks like it. Don't think it's more of that lead paint. Yeah, I'm still wearing the gloves, so I'm going to, uh, inspect it. And you said it was already dry? It's, it's like tacky. You know what I mean? Like, it's not completely dry. It's like, uh, it's coagulated at this point, you know, kind of darkened. Um, but it's, it's still kind of tacky. This, it looks old, but not from, not so old that it would be from yesterday. Maybe, maybe a couple of hours. So, somebody that was here. I I think we should tell the others about this. Whoever was here, maybe they they're still here. Or maybe they left tracks or just left. Yeah, do we see any sort of tracks or anything? Any more drops of blood on the on the ground going any direction? Go ahead and roll me wisdom, both of you. Uh, that's a fail for me. That's a hard fail for me. Um, yeah, no, you're not able to discern any sort of a trail. So what do you think? Should we go talk to him now or just take this out of the car and mention it when we meet back up? Let's take it out to the car while we're out there. Let's just see if there's anything in the snow. All right. And, uh, yeah, we start taking it out to the car. You start making every your way out to the car, and I think at this point you would start to hear sirens in the distance, those old-timey um, long wails. And you pop open the trunk and you start to put everything inside of there and you look across the courtyard and you can see that there is this large red splotch in front of what you would imagine is the main entrance. But it's pretty far away. It's kind of hard to, you know, figure out exactly what you're looking at. You're not super familiar with this place or area. Yeah, I'm going to uh, kind of breathe on my glasses and then wipe them off with my shirt and put them back on and uh, tug on um, Ronnie's um, sleeve and uh, Ronnie you see a little bit better than I do uh, does that look like what I think it looks like? I hope not, that's kind of a lot more than we saw on the door we could take a peek, we, we should probably check it out before the boys in blue get here yeah I start to walk over there uh, who do you think called them anyway? Well, I assume that they called because, you know, the office was broken into. Now that we got what we needed, it's fine to alert the authorities. They got here awful quick. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, you make your way um, through this sort of path that's not incredibly well shoveled at this point, And when you get closer, you would see that the front entrance has been completely blown open. Um, and... There is probably a two and a half foot in diameter, just large red patch of blood um, on the uh, on the concrete. Like it's it's been kind of soaked into what little snow is left on this walkway. But I mean, it's very telltale and quite large. 
dear lord. Hope they don't think we had anything to do with this. I think uh, Dr. Greenbank and Dart, you would probably hear them talking outside of the outside of the door from the office and uh, if you want to do anything about that. Hey, hey, you too. Sounds like Andamik. Yeah, let's go in. You know, there's something awful fishy going on in here. Uh, more so than you know, man. Uh, we heard some pretty, pretty bad things happening from in here and I haven't seen anything leave this room yet. So... There could be some sort of a, some sort of force in this room here still. I think it might be worse than you know. There's blood on the wall out there. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's, I mean, there's fucking blood all over this wall too, and floor, and that man, and we're hoping he can fucking live. Man, I'm gonna take a peek in the office. Yeah, I'm gonna grab something to hold in my hand. You would see uh, Dr. Greenbank is holding the hand of uh, this gentleman that is on the uh, ground. And Dr. Greenbank, you're holding onto his hand and you're squeezing tightly and you can feel that he's starting to get colder. Um, his extremities are are definitely bluing. Um, his lips are starting to get a little bit blue and his chest is barely rising. And you see he kind of takes this very ragged breath and his chest stops moving. No, 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 Pat. I don't like this. Try mount to mount. That always works, right? Not for a head injury. Maybe for a head injury. He's not breathing anymore. I don't know. If we can keep his heart beating. And uh, she'll start trying to do CPR. Is that a thing yet? Okay. I do not know, but it is now. Chest compressions. Yeah, go ahead and roll me a... Let's call it intelligence. Okay. Dorothy, just this once. That's a nat 20. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, so you begin chest compressions, and all I need for all of you to do as as we close out then um, is... Can everybody please roll me a sanity check? Roll a d20, you are trying to get under your sanity. If your sanity is over 20, you are just trying to not get a nat 20. That's the only way that you can fail. Oh, okay. I got a one, so I crit successed it. We're close enough, 1958 was mouth to mouth. Pass. Also, um, as soon as Elliot entered the room and Dart had said that thing about a force being in there, he's going to quickly grab the heaviest thing that he can find in there and start, like, looking around everywhere. Okay. Like, looking for something invisible. Also pass. All right. So everybody will take half. Uh, So it's a five. We will round up for the damage. Everybody takes three sanity damage. I'd appreciate if we round it down like normal, actually. Nope. Man, my sanity is going pretty quick. Maybe you shouldn't have seen the dead guy. <laughs> I don't like this. Glass I can handle. This body's got me shaking worse than W.C. Fields during the Prohibition.
crazy words, crazy tune, all that you'll ever hear in the Devil's Antlers is a production by the Time to Die Podcast Network. We have lots of other shows as well. All of our links and content can be found at timetodierpg.com. The ukulele music is by Charlotte Pelgin, who recently released a new album. Originally, it was on physical media, but now you can get it digitally. Find her at charlottepelgin.com or use the links in this episode's description. The episode description also has links for our players. Tonight's cast was Tim Demuse as the Game Master, Chris Riley as Elliot, Aubrey Gray as Dr. Greenbank, Eric Pat as Dart Vandermeek. I'm Brian Bridges, and I played Ronnie Pinkerton. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode of The Devil's Antlers. A black bottom you all heard yesterday What did President Coolidge say? Vododio, vodododio Vododio, vodododio Vododio, vodododio